I'm Libby Collins. A very good Sunday morning to you. Great to have Finn here. Charlie's filling in for Isaac, and we've got a busy show. We're going to be hearing from TMJ Ford's James Grow. He's in Columbus following the Golden Eagles run in the NCAA tournament. That's a little bit later on this this morning. Also, State Senator Van Wangard is going to be with us. He's going to explain those two important amendments that are appearing on the ballot on April 4th. Also, if you're a, a gamer, you're going to want to hear about an event coming to Milwaukee. Mark Cass is here. He's got news about what's next for Northridge Mall. Um, also, you know what? If you get a call from the Publishers Clearinghouse, you better watch out, and we're going to tell you why. WTMJ's Brandon Snyder is going to be here. We've got some things to say about Aaron Rodgers going to New York. But first, it's Wisconsin Morning News. Vince Vetrano, who jumped in the lake yesterday for a good cause. Vince, are you warm yet? <laughs> I I am now Libby, but not for nothing. It took it took hours, and I was I had blanket on high. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So air temperature when you were out there yesterday morning with Eric was what about sixteen degrees? A little. I mean, by the time we went in, we were closer to twenty. So you know, oh, it really it warmed was, up for us. Wait. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah How right. cold was that water? Water temp we checked was about thirty six degrees. And not really that it mattered. I mean, we just, it was, it was really super cold. I said yesterday, I'll say it again. I did not do that for fun. It was not enjoyable for me. I did it only to help Special Olympics Wisconsin. And, and of course, you know, you've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. The WTMJ Cares presented by Gruber Law Offices for the Special Olympics. Um, And and why? Because I, I got to tell you, Vince, I, I don't think I could do what you did uh, for any reason. But what, what, what was it about this cause that you said, okay, I'm literally going to take the plunge? I've done, it for, I've done the plunge for a number of years, never wanted to, but uh, I served nine years on the board, Libby, with Special Olympics and been a volunteer for more than 20. It, uh, as I began to get more into it as a volunteer, it just became the, the one thing I would never say no to. I mean, there was no way, there was no way that I was going to, I couldn't say no to our athletes for anything they asked of me. And I just really strongly believe in the importance of the programs. We hit children as young as two, and there's no age ceiling for participation. So we have senior citizens who are still doing Special Olympics. They've done it their whole lives, and it's super, super important. Well, I know that you, you literally have spent the last couple of weeks raising funds for Special Olympics. Now, now that the plunge is over, can, can we still donate to that cause? Because Special Olympics it goes on year-round. Yeah, and um, so here's a couple of ways. First, our fundraising page for the Polar Plunge itself is still open. So if the, I don't know if the keyword is still hot. I would think so. If you text the word CARES to 855-616-1620. We should send you the, uh, the fundraising page link, and that is still open despite our plunge having been over. In fact, we've raised more money with you since Eric Bilstead and I actually went in, and people got to see how we suffered. I think that moved, <laughs> that moved them to action. So we're over $3,500. It would be great to get past 5000 before it's all said and done. And many, many of our fans of the shows uh, have already donated, and I'm super grateful for that. Um, but, right. look, you don't have to wait for this fundraiser or anything. SpecialOlympicsWisconsin.org has all the information if you'd like to give at any time. All right. Well, you, you've got Eric to go in with you. Now, did, how, which of you spent more time in the water yesterday? Eric. 
He was like really charged up, Libby. He was fired up to go. He was like hooting and hollering. He brought his son, Noah, who's like 15, 16. And let me tell you, of the three of us, Noah had the least amount of fun. But man, <laughs> Eric was fired up. <laughs> and and was there, if you know, and like you said, you've, you've done this now for the last nine years. Is there a secret to being able to, first of all, have the guts to jump in the water when the air temperature is only, you know, in, in the teens or maybe 20 degrees. What What's the secret to being able to do it, to stay in that water for, you know, at least a couple of seconds and getting back out again? Well, the secret is to find one of the plunges that have a pool as opposed to going in the lake, <laughs> to be honest with you. this is the, Libby, this is the first time I did the lake. We... Um, Special Olympics does a series of plunges across the state every year. I think there were eight of them this year in all corners of Wisconsin. And so this goes on all over the place. And in some cases, it's the lake like what we had. In other cases, they bring in like a huge pool, like a a giant tank. That one's easy because you only have to make one voluntary move. That's to jump off, right? And then after that, it's all, it happens real fast. The thing with the lake is we went into the boat launch at McKinley Marina. So Mm -hmm. you have to just kind of keep creeping on in i promised everyone who was listening i said i'll go full immersion you if you, if you contribute you know you've earned that so i had to go out there a little ways you know co- totally go underwater and then you have to kind of go back out but it's it's a little bit slimy and a little bit icy so i, I look like an old man who needed an escort to his seat somewhere because <laughs> <laughs> Eric... I, I could not fall down i could not oh. fall down uh, did Eric completely submerge himself as well? Yes, Eric was. He was out further than me, but then he said it was slippery. It was just so icy on the bottom that he said it was so slippery he like couldn't get back in. I thought I was going to have to go out and get him. <laughs> well, I'm glad you both did it. I'm glad you both got out okay. I'm glad you're both warmed up. And I know tomorrow, tomorrow morning on Wisconsin Morning News, you and Eric are going to share every detail of what that plunge was like well you know once you get out of the water then you have to go back and change so i will not share every detail (laughs) to be honest with you that's the worst part when you get back to that tent try to peel off the clothes eric was asking me you asked the secret i'll tell you this other secret if you ever do it eric's like well do i dress you know like super warm when i go in i said whatever you go in with you got to take off then when it's soaking wet so if you can stand it, I just went in in like, you know, running pants and a T-shirt, and it's hard until you go in, but at least I didn't have to rip all that stuff off. Oh, well, I'm glad you both made it out, and and like I said, we're going to be listening tomorrow morning uh, to Wisconsin Morning News to hear all about it. Vince Petrano, thank you for doing that polar plunge for WTMJ Cares by a group of law offices for the Special Olympics. It's going to help a lot of young people. Yeah, and the video's up, too, Libby. I'm, I'm sure you've seen it, but if anybody else wants to check it out at WTMJ.com and on our app and all our social media, we've, we've got the video up, proof that we did it. I can't wait. All right, listen, Vince, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you again. I appreciate you getting up early with us. I know you've got a pickleball game you've got to get to. <laughs> Thanks, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> You're waking up to some pretty chilly temperatures this morning. Uh, it's... It's going to be sunny, though.
breeze is going to continue. We're going to get all the way up to 40 degrees by late this afternoon. Then tonight, back down around 29 degrees with wind gusts around 30 miles per hour. It's going to be a windy overnight. Tomorrow, sunshine, a chance for some rain later in the day. More wind, too, but a high of 48. On Tuesday, even warmer. We're going to get all the way up to 50 degrees, but again, later in the day, that chance for, for some rain. On Wednesday, looks like you'll wake up to some wintry mix. It'll be cloudy throughout the day, but up to 50. And on Thursday, another chance for some wintry mix and a high of 48 degrees. Right now, Port Washington has 21. Richfield's at 18. Franklin's at 19. We have 20 degrees at WTMJ at 821. And it's time to check in with Mark Cass, editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. Mark, there was some big news on Friday. We've heard all week, or actually the last couple of weeks, about the city of Milwaukee having problems raising funds to tear down Northridge Mall. But it appears there may be an angel out there who's going to do it for them. (laughs) Angel's a good word. I'm not sure if that or maybe a savior or something along those lines. It looks like, again, this has been approved yet, but there is a potential sale of the mall site through a local developer, Phoenix Investors, who has a history in Milwaukee, has a lot of things underway, has built a lot of projects, has acquired a lot of projects, has a resume to work from as compared to what's going on here. They would acquire the mall. Right now, we don't know any plans for it. It's just happening. This is interesting. It's been empty for 20 years. Not much has gone on. And that is really over the past three or four years, it's been arguing what's going to happen there. Can we tear it down? And then over the past year, the crime that's gone on there and the fires that have gone on there, unsafe. And now hopefully we have a resolution here that could lead to the redevelopment of the mall. I mean, if I had to say what would happen out there from what this firm has done, it would be some sort of warehouse, industrial, something with jobs, something that's really needed in the community. So this could be a significant step forward for an area of the city that has long sat idle. Now let's turn to Mitchell and Southwest Airlines. <laughs> a lot of people have been complaining yeah. about Southwest Airlines not having flights to places that they want to go, particularly nonstop flights. But right. this looks like they're going to be changing some things. Yeah, they're adding flights. This is great news for the city. It's something I talk about a lot, and it's something I hear about a lot from executives in town, and that is we need more nonstop flights. So here you have an airline, which is our largest airline out of Mitchell, is adding flights, adding frequency flights. So they're going to fly more to Nashville. They're going to fly more to Vegas fly more to Florida, places that are very well-known and have a lot of travelers. And then they're going to really look at other things. We also had a story this week about Alaska Airlines adding another flight out west coast to Seattle. So we're starting to see, as we move out of 2021, when airlines, it was really tough, we're seeing more flights added. We're seeing a lot more flying going on. But it's important to Milwaukee because the thing I hear a lot is that I have to drive to Chicago because I want a nonstop flight. If there are more nonstop flights in Milwaukee, it's easier to fly to Milwaukee. You'll see more of that happen, and that'll help us in terms of drawing both companies and individuals here. So really important step this week. Another thing that people in Wisconsin are looking for are bargains. One of the things that has been very popular is Marcus Theater's $5 Tuesday promotion, but they're raising the price. Yeah, so what's that promotion going to be? This one's been happening for years. It's something I hear about all the time. It was a great idea of the Marcus Corporation. That was a slow day for them to have this, and, you know, people just love this. It's drawn great crowds. Obviously, that stopped in 2021 during COVID, but, you know, I think over time, they just felt the need to raise it. They raised it to $6 now for the members of their club and $7 for non-members. They have other offers and stuff. I just think it's pretty significant because you've seen this just work so well for them. But I'll be curious to see how this plays out for them. It was one of the most read stories on our website all week. Everybody <laughs> really likes this program and wanted to read about it. So I'd be curious to see if they see a little backlash from this because it was that way. Frugal. That's my frugal. word of the day. I think frugal spelled C-H-E-A-P, isn't it? <laughs> 
stop that. All right, let's talk about a conversation you had with the president of Marquette this week, Michael Lovell, and also UWM Chancellor Mark Moan. Both of these men have battled cancer in recent right. years. And what were the messages that you heard from both of them regarding their struggles and actually their survival? You know, this is a great story. It was very eye-opening for me because I've known each of them for a long time, have a lot of respect for them, watch what they've gone through over the past couple of years, and been impressed with how they've handled it and how they have been very open about it. It's a very hard thing to go through. And the thing we heard from them throughout our event that I talked to them about was very much about, about perspective. You know, all of a sudden when you're going through this, the little things don't matter. I know Mark told the story about hearing somebody complain about the weather, and he's like, hey, I'm just happy to be alive to actually see the weather. So it really changes your perspective. We heard from Mike Lovell, but he has less patience for what he calls drama. He's more about results. You know, all the stuff that we kind of get held up in, he doesn't want that anymore. He just wants to see results. And I think anybody who's gone through this, the thing that's also really impressed me is how they've been open about it. They've been public about it and, you know, have shown others how to do this. And for us, it was about kind of showing others in the community, here are two people and what have they learned and how can you learn from this as some of us are going to have to go through this, unfortunately. We've been talking over the last several weeks about your Milwaukee Business Journal's 40 Under 40 winners, and tomorrow night's going to be a big one with our own Vince Petrano, one of the co-hosts. He's the star of the show, but you know, he's way over 40, I want to be honest. (laughs) He's not one of the winners. Well, okay, so he's 40 over 40, but he is a winner. (laughs) But tell us again about this program and why it's so important to the future leadership of the city. This is a big deal for us. It's a big deal for the community. I mean, it's been growing. We've been doing it now for 30 years, and I remember back when it started that there was a fear that we would just have it every other year, maybe because we wouldn't get enough nominations. Now I get 300 or so a year. And we choose 40 leaders in our community, young professionals who are doing amazing things. I think if you look at the list, you'll see people who are in the healthcare industry who are doing things that I wish I would have done throughout my whole life. People who are in retail, who are in manufacturing, who are just doing amazing things, both in the office and in the community, which is a huge thing for us as well. So I think for us as a member of the media, I feel it's important for us to hold up examples of things in the community that are going well. People who could be our future leader, people who could be our future mayor. And Okay, now wait, our actual mayor is on this list. He was the first African-American mayor to be elected in the city. He's under 40, way under 40, he's 35. And he's one of our 40 under 40 this year. So our future leadership is here. And, you know, we have challenges in Milwaukee. There's no doubt about it. But I think if you look at this list, you're going to feel pretty good because there are future leaders here who I think are going to be leading Milwaukee for the next 20 to 30 years. Well, again, my suggestion is you start a 40 over 40, and you're not well, going to be is, able. Vince is on that list. Vince is on that list. I know. You're under 40, so i got to get you on this oh, list next year. So. I don't know about that. All right. Listen, Mark, as always, it is so great to talk with you. Thanks for joining us today. All right, Libby. It's always good to talk to you, and you have a great week. We are back. I'm Libby Collins on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if anybody wasted their their time watching that movie that won the Oscars this past week. But I'll tell you, when Matt Miller's here, I have something to tell him about that. Well, anyway, but first, at 836, there was a dust-up on the court and in the skies, a bank collapse fallout. And number 12, the Oracle finally speaks. There's so much more. It's the Week in Review, sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What we do here is go back, 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 back. And the Oscar goes to... Brendan Fazer. Gentlemen, you laid your whale-sized hearts bare. I owe everything to the love of my life. My wife, Echo, who for 20 years told me one day... 
my time will come. Michelle Yeoh. Ladies, don't let anybody tell you you are ever past your prime. A U.S. military MQ-9 Reaper drone is flying in international airspace over the Black Sea when a Russian fighter jet collided with its rear propeller. This incident demonstrates a lack of competence in addition to being unsafe and unprofessional. Parents from Muskego and Beloit are asking for answers after an alleged racism by Muskego students during a basketball game. Giannis gets... Wow. Lyles comes right after Giannis. Oh, look at this. He just punched Lopez. We got a scrum going. You no, know, I appreciate uh, Brooke having my back. That's my guy. You know, not just on the court, off the court for life. He's my guy. Because I throw hands. Wisconsin State Assembly approved a bill Tuesday that would require police officers to be stationed at schools that have more than 100 incidents in a semester, 25 of those resulting in arrest. I know the parents and the students who fought to have SROs removed at MMSD, they worked with the community. It was a transparent process. The investigations into Silicon Valley banks collapsed by the Justice Department are just beginning. All customers who had deposits in these banks can rest assured they'll be protected and they'll have access to their money as of today. Dave Spano is the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. How long do you think it will take the Fed to determine whether this bank failure is a real issue? They're going to look at all of the data that they're going to get this week and then they're going to make an announcement. They are in a predicament and the reason why is because of the arsonist and the firefighter all in the same spot. Abortion would be allowed in Wisconsin in cases of rape and incest under a measure that's being proposed in Madison. Marquette's Golden Eagles, fifth team out of the Big East. Coach Shaka Smart, Big East Coach of the Year, leads the Golden Eagles to back-to-back NCAA tournament appearances. This team is magical in so many ways. I think they can win the national championship. Clark in a straight shot. There is trouble with the trees. What do you got on Tree Guy? An update from Brooklyn, Wisconsin. It was a fight over a tree. Some guy fired a rifle out in the air because he was upset. So here's the deal. Brooklyn's Village Board voted last night to leave a tree at the center of this controversy to the property owners to figure out. Breaking news out of Oshkosh, a police shooting early this morning near Maine and Merritt. Police say they were responding to a person accused of making threats when that person drove a vehicle at officers. I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. And I haven't been holding anything up at this point. It's been compensation that the Packers are trying to get. You know, God bless him. He was good for many, many years. I have one thing to say, good riddance. It was like Festivus like airing all the grievances. Media here night and day uh, in regard to what he experienced as a Green Bay Packer. Winning is the ultimate deodorant. I am totally saying I believe Aaron Rodgers should have stayed in Green Bay and retired a Packer just like Bart Starr did. I'm very sad. I just think he put us on the map. It is the end of an era, no question. It is the Jordan Love era started today. I love you, Green Bay. Thank you. And uh, I'm as sad as, as uh, some of you are, but... Uh, you know, we'll meet again. Wait, technically he's still a Packer, right? Yep. What a week, huh? What a week, eh? What a week. Shut it down! Oh, Let's go home! Hmm. Aaron Rodgers, the Oracle. He rose from the cave and made his proclamation. Oh, but he's going to have a wake-up call. 
sunny today. We're going to get up to 40 degrees. Still in the teens in a lot of places. 21 at WTMJ at 843. Michelle Ryan from DATCAP. I don't know if you're old enough to remember those TV commercials with Ed McMahon, you know, who used to be Johnny Carson's sidekick, and he'd go to Holmes and he'd say, you've just won the publisher's clearinghouse. Is that still going on? Not with Ed McMahon, of course. Right. I think I've seen Terry Bradshaw now do these commercials. So, yes, Publishers Clearinghouse is a legitimate company that is out there, and we do see commercials from time to time in wonderful balloons as well. But because this is such a well-known brand, if you will, or name, and we know that it's associated with prizes, scammers try to take advantage of that and trick consumers into paying bogus fees and taxes. And unfortunately, we have heard from consumers recently that they have received these phone calls trying to get their money through these imposter scammers. So what happens is you receive a phone call stating that you've won the Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstakes. But again, remember, this is a scammer. They say that you will receive $5,000 per month for life and a new truck often is included in that. You'll need to pay $1,500 in taxes and fees for the truck by giving a prepaid credit card number, wiring funds, or of course, sending gift card information. So if you are thinking through your excitement about being a winner, you'll see a number of red flags with this. But the issue is you're excited because you think you've won. We want people to take a moment to realize they've never entered the Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstakes, so they're not even eligible to win. And back away from this. Hang up the phone. Don't transmit any money. Don't give them any information because what happens is a second phase of this scam comes where, oh, there's some confusion. Now you owe an additional $2,000 in taxes in order to get your winnings and to get your truck. And the scam continues until you cut it off. So again, we are hoping consumers don't even engage with this imposter. I was with a friend, this is about a month ago, and literally she received a call, just as you're describing, while I was standing next to her. And yeah, it's exactly the way you describe it. And she just sort of said, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what? I don't think so and hung up on him. But it is true. It really is happening to people. It really is. And again, it's that excitement. So you don't think clearly because you're in the moment of, I've won something. (laughs) Everybody gets excited. It doesn't happen very often. But you have to hand over personal information. You have to hand over money as well as you weren't even eligible because you never entered. So just disconnect, don't engage, and try not to continue on with this scam. Sounds like a plan. All right, and if anybody out there thinks they're being taken advantage of or they've received a call like that, what should they do? Call the Consumer Protection Hotline before you do anything else, and that's 
I think the, the kind of beauty of everything everywhere all at once is that it manages to be an immature movie with very silly content in it, while also being a very wise movie about taking oh. on the nihilism of the world. And oh, how come you... on. No, I think you're being very shallow right now. I think you're getting distracted. I think you're letting yourself get distracted by some of the sillier aspects of the movie, and you are not ta- paying attention to the, the life lessons in the movie. And talking about, this is a movie about, this world is crazy, and this world is overwhelming, and it's full of disappointment. Mm-hmm. How do you move mm-hmm. on in this world? How do you mm-hmm. think about these things? I think your movie that was the massive flop with, uh, with the late Bob Hoskins, I don't think people are prepared for how much money this movie is going to make. It has been four months since they have released a kid's movie in theaters. Oh. Four months. And in that time, Puss in Boots, the last kid's movie to come out in theaters... <laughs> has made so much money. It has made ridiculous money because there's nothing else for parents to take kids to see. So it just keeps making like $5 million every week. It's like James Cameron directed the thing. Um, And so (laughs) Super Mario Brothers is coming out. The trailers all look really fun, really colorful, really, it looks like Super Mario, but a movie. We're all really excited. And if you're a parent, you're really excited because you're like, Finally, something new for me to take my kids to. I think it's going to make, I think it could be this year's highest grossing movie. Um, at least it's definitely opening weekend. I think it's going to make $100 million opening weekend without a single hesitation. Well, there are a lot of gamers out there. And next hour, we're going to be hearing about an event coming to Milwaukee that gamers are going to love. And you know what, Matt? Even if I disagree with you about that (laughs) stupid movie that won the Oscar, I still follow you in onmilwaukee.com. Matt Miller, thanks for joining us today. Uh, And it's still an honor, as always, to have. Thank you for having me. You have a wonderful (laughs) weekend, Libby. Thanks, Matt. I'm Libby Collins. And I'm Libby Collins. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. A little bit later on this hour, we're going to hear from State Senator Van Wangard. He's going to break it down as far as those two amendments that are on the ballot this year and and exactly what they mean and why he supports them. Also, we'll be hearing from WTMJ's Brandon Snide. <laughs> I want to talk to him about this Aaron Rodgers thing. And uh, before we do anything else, let's go to Columbus where Marquette plays in the second round of the NCAA tournament. We're joined by TMJ4's James Grow. And James, you have been there since uh, what? When did you get down? Was it Thursday or Friday? I, I got in actually Wednesday night. So I, I've been Ooh. here for a whole long time and it's been a blast so far. Oh, okay. Now you say it's a blast. I mean, aside from the fact that Marquette won on Friday and we've got our fingers crossed they're going to beat Michigan State later on today, what's fun about Columbus, Ohio? I mean, the city is actually really beautiful. We've been having a great time going out to dinners. And one of the coolest things is everywhere I'm going, I turn my head left, I turn my head right, I see Marquette fans. The team is traveling so well. Oh, and you've been talking to a lot of the fans. Now, what are their expectations? I mean, they have high hopes, especially with some of these number one seeds, number two seeds falling Marquette feels like things are falling into place. Now, you can't get your hopes too high because anything can happen in March, but people are really excited right now. Okay, uh, who, did, who have you seen in Columbus that, of the fans that have really been crestfallen after their team's lost? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I've seen some fans just 
walking with their heads down. I mean, you you, you got you got to feel bad for the Vermont fans who made all, their way all the way over here, and then the Purdue fans when they lost to SVU. Oh my gosh, yeah, the whole place. It was like it was this weird dichotomy of incredibly happy, the happiest fans, and then the most bad fans. It was it was tough to see, but you're happy for SVU as well. All right, so so who are some of the fans specifically you've been talking to um, that are following the Golden Eagles and that really have high hopes for later on today? Yeah, so I've been, been speaking to some Columbus residents who are Marquette grads, like Kyle Stanley. He's been hosting 5Ks with a bunch of uh, Golden Eagles fans running through downtown Columbus, and he's just so excited that he gets to watch his team in the city that he lives in, and he has really high hopes, and he's feeling good about the team. Um, and that's just the overwhelming feeling amongst all the fans here right now. All right, so 4.15 today, that's, uh, that's tip-off. I know we've got it on our sister station, 94.5 ESPN. Um, but now Michigan State, I'm sure you've been running into some of those fans as well. Uh, do the Marquette fans have anything to worry about i mean are they really are are they like it's not the same as michigan michigan state is a whole other animal but uh are they really revved up for this game today oh there's there's so i mean both sides are so revved up but i will say i think it's almost like we've got home field advantage home court advantage because there's so many more marquette fans at least i've seen anecdotally and i'm sure there's more on the way caravanning over here as we speak um, people are revved up, but, you know, Michigan State, they're, they're going to have to bring noise to the stadium because these Marquette fans have been loud, and uh, they're, they're really, you know, helping cheer the team on. I, I want to ask you this, too, James. You mentioned a few minutes ago, you said you've been eating out a lot. Uh, what's Columbus known for food-wise? <laughs> you know, that's kind of funny. We ask ourselves the same thing. There is Now, I haven't tried it. I'm hoping to get there today before the game starts. There's a German village, a German neighborhood, and they say they have the best cream puffs in the country. No. Is that the case? I, I, no. I know, right? No, so we're gonna can't have to be. We're going to see what the case is. You know, I'm going to have to do a taste <laughs> test for y'all. That's the hard work I'm doing here. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think it might be, yeah, just eating your way through Columbus, Ohio. But now, what what's your prediction? I, I you know, I mean, I, I know you 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 like Marquette. I know you follow sports, but what's your prediction for that game later on today? Any thoughts? I think, yeah, you know, I think it's going to be a really close game. Tom Izzo, the coach of the Spartans, is you know uh, a future Hall of Famer coach. He's incredible. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a close one, but I think Marquette's going to come out on top. If I had to put a score on it. You know, I'd say like a 66 to 65 close tight game that's really going to have fans biting their nails as it comes down to the wire. Well, I know a lot of us have our eyes on Tyler Kolek. And uh, have you had a chance to talk to him by any chance? No. So, unfortunately, I haven't been in that section of the stadium. I haven't been able to talk to him. Um, But I know he's prepped. He's ready. One of the things I think he said was – you know, everybody's been an expert all year, but now just time to watch us play and let us do our thing. Well, we're all a little bit envious of you, James, that you've gotten to be in Columbus following Marquette since Wednesday. And uh, what's, I mean, if by any chance they win today, what's next? When's the next game? I mean, the next game will be, you know, at the end of next week, I, I believe Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. I don't remember off the top of my head, but 
I'm hoping they keep on winning because obviously I love the Golden Eagles and, and I'll keep on um, I'll keep following them and you know reporting from wherever they are. I believe they'll be in New York City next if they win. So you know I, I'll be there following the team, giving the coverage y'all need. Oh, hopefully you'll be in the Big Apple next weekend. Uh, James Grove from TMJ4, thank you so much for getting up early with us this morning, and we can't wait for that game later on today. Thank you. I'm excited. Starting off kind of chilly this morning, but it's going to be mostly sunny, and we're going to warm up to about 40 degrees. And tonight, those clouds increase. It'll be windy down to 29. Those gusts up to 30 miles per hour. That'll continue tomorrow under partly sunny skies. Chance for some rain late in the day with a high of 48. And then on Tuesday and Wednesday, we've got highs of 50 degrees, but there is also a chance for that wintry mix on Wednesday morning. Right now in Elkhart Lake, it's 22 degrees. Muskego is 23. Lake Geneva is at 22. We have 24 degrees at WTMJ. At 922, well, it's time for a lot of people to come out of their parents' basement. Because the Midwest, I don't believe we're talking about this, the Midwest Gaming Classic is coming to Wisconsin. And joining us is Dan Lucent. And, Dan, you, you are part of this. You started it. And correct me if I'm wrong, this literally began in somebody's basement about 20 years ago? No, it, it actually didn't. It began, it, began, it began in the basement of the Boy Scout Service Center um, was the first location. So it was in a basement, but not <laughs> someone's basement. Um, and, yeah, we, we gather people from all over that have a passion for gaming. And believe it or not, it's not just, like, weirdos. It's also tons of really normal people and families and just kind of everybody who likes gaming because pretty much everybody plays some sort of game and uh, we welcome them with open arms and have them show off whatever they're passionate about. Well, literally, you've got people coming from all over the world for this on March 31st through April 2nd. Absolutely. We've had people come to the show from Japan, Australia, all over Europe, um, all over South America and pretty much everywhere. And they they come because our event's unique in that it gives voice and a platform to people who, for instance, there's a group who makes new Nintendo games. And so they are having a get-together to basically discuss how they program Nintendo games, and we're the best place in the world to find out more information about that. And so they're all getting together here. And so that means that there's people traveling in from, I know that a couple of them are traveling in from Europe for that, for instance, as well as all over the United States for that just singular section of the show. And the show takes up 200,000 square feet plus of space. So there's a lot more than just that. How have games evolved in the 20 years since this began? Oh, that's a great question. Um, when we started, the reason that we started this was because it was a bunch of people that enjoyed talking about their favorite games online, and there was no way for us to really get together and to play those games together. And so the show became kind of the physical way to do that. And while the show is still that, you can now become friends with someone online. One of the people that we work with, uh, he is meeting at the show in person for the first time, someone who during uh, the COVID lockdowns, he ended up starting to play games with. And so they're using the show as a place where they can meet and continue to do what they found a shared passion and friendship on without actually physically meeting in person. 
What I find very interesting is some of the people who voice these games have become actual celebrities in the gaming world. Absolutely. Uh, we have a number of people that have been involved with gaming from uh, Mortal Kombat actors who were the ones who were digitized in the 1990s to be in the games to voice actors like Christopher Sean, who acted in um, Gotham Arkham Asylum recently. And it's fascinating because at a lot of shows, they kind of put those people in an area where you can't really see them and it's hard to interact with them. And we do lots of fun things at our show where you get to interact with them in a different way. As one perfect, for instance, if you've ever wanted to learn martial arts, the Mortal Kombat cast will actually be teaching you some of the moves that were used in Mortal Kombat at our show. Oh, wait a minute. How do, you, how do you get to be part of that where you can actually meet with those actors and, and replicate some of those movements? Yeah, all that you need to do is come to the show. It's included with your ticket. Um, the, we try to make it that as much as possible is included with your ticket. And so we, we try to always do something unique. There's a lot of other shows that have the voice actors or the actors or whatever come in and just do the signings or whatever. And at our show, we're always looking for that something special. And so this year, the Mortal Kombat actors is one of them. We've got some other things that we're announcing with some of the other uh, people that are coming in. And like, as a, for instance, too, we've had game developers who have created video games that will do shooting galleries in our after party with Nerf guns. Um, we have one of the pinball designers this year that is has designed some really popular recent games will be uh, performing music at our after party on Saturday night. And so you get to see some of these people that d actually design and create the games that we all love, and then you get to see them in a different way where you can sit down and play a board game with them or maybe play an arcade game or an old console or a new console and just interact with them as people because ultimately that's what we all are. And our show is kind of about putting that humanity back into interactions. Well, I know you're expecting at least 20,000 gamers, uh, not just from the Midwest, but literally, as you said, all over the world. And tell us exactly when and where this is going to be and how we can get tickets. Absolutely. We're in the Wisconsin Center downtown. And we will be there March 31st through April 2nd. March 31st is our preview night. And so it's the night where we say that you can play without delay. You come in and we will have all of the new pinball machines. We have almost 100, if not over 100, brand new pinball machines that are opened up and put on the floor for people to play for the first time, including many games that haven't even, that are just being released basically as our show is happening. Um, all of the older pinball machines and arcade games, tons of consoles, tons of board games, Magic the Gathering. Um, so that's what Friday's all about. On Saturday, you have all of that, but we add to it the vendor hall. We have a ton of performances. We do have one musical performance on Friday night, but then Saturday we have lots more people that perform video game music. We have different panels tracing kind of the history of gaming and some of the favorite game franchises. And then Sunday is our family day. Tickets are half price. And uh, Kids 9 and Under are free both Saturday and Sunday. And um, on Sunday, all tickets are half price, and you can come in and see the show for yourself that way if you want a little taste to kind of see what it's all about. Maybe take the kids and introduce them to some of the games that you might have used to play when you were young that they wouldn't have otherwise seen. 
And I love that uh, kids nine and under are going to get free admission on Saturday and Sunday. One last question, Dan. What is your favorite video game of all time? Oh, I'm going, so I, I rotate between three different ones, but if you ask me at this exact moment, which you did, I would say Super Mario Brothers 3. Uh, it came out when I was at just kind of that right age. I had saved my allowance for weeks for it, and I remember getting it and bringing it home and how cool it felt to play it and discover new things, and I still try to make time to play it uh, pretty regularly now. Dan Luson, the Midwest Gamers Classic. It's going to take place March 31st through April 2nd at the Wisconsin Center. Dan, thanks for getting up early with us this morning. Yeah, thank you. Oh, we're running a little bit late, but that's okay, Finn. We had to talk about video games. By the way, Finn, what's your favorite video game of all time? Uh, I was just talking to Charlie about this. I think it's probably Minecraft. I've been playing that since I was in fifth grade, and... Now I'm a senior in college, so <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> How about you, Charlie? What's your favorite? Oh, me, I would say Sonic Adventure 2 Battle on the GameCube. I've loved it ever since I was a kid, and I come back to it all the time. All right, and mine has to be Pong. I guess that dates me. All right, it's not thirty-two <laughs> for the WTFD Breaking News Center. <laughs> Welcome back to the final half hour of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. I'm Libby Collins. It's 937. And joining us is Wisconsin Morning News, Brandon Snide. And Brandon, I know you've been watching sports very closely. And it happened this week. The Oracle arose <laughs> from the cave and, and made his proclamation. You know, for nine, it was a 90% chance I was going to retire. But wait, but wait, there's more. I, I'm going to go play for the New York Jets. What was your reaction? Yeah, what a turnaround of events there, Libby. Huh? There was some Aaron Rodgers news apparently <laughs> this week. Uh, gosh, uh, I, I was a little surprised. I'm not going to lie. I was a little surprised at when he appeared on the Pat McAfee show uh, and basically said he wanted to play in 2023 and he wanted to play for the New York Jets. I was a little bit surprised. I didn't think we were going to get a definitive answer from Aaron Rodgers as we never really seem to get a definitive answer, especially in the off season, uh, the last three years. So I was a little bit surprised, um, but I was also kind of relieved at the same time, because look, as a Packers fan, as, as somebody that covers the team, I just want a resolution as opposed to asking the same question every week. What are we going to do with Aaron Rodgers? What's Aaron Rodgers going to do? Is Aaron Rodgers going to play in 2023? It just, it becomes old. It becomes repetitive, and it becomes frustrating as a fan, and you just want to know, is my quarterback going to play this season? So I think as a fan, I'm sitting back, and I'm watching his appearance on the Pat McAfee show, and it, for me, it was a mixed emotions. I had uh, some, you know, I said I was relieved that we got an answer. I was happy that we could move on, but as a fan that grew up with Aaron Rodgers, he was drafted. I was in I think a freshman in high school. So I was, you know, kind of coming up into my adulthood. I was a little sad. You know, I was a little sad. So I had a little bit of everything going on during uh, my reaction to Rogers's uh, appearance on the Pat McAfee show. Okay. So, so I got to tell you now, maybe I'm not as <laughs> wrapped up in sports as some people. And I do look at sports with a bit 
of a cynical eye. And I got to tell you, at least the last four or five years, uh, uh, enough with the Aaron stuff. Between the drama, where he's not talking to his brother, who's on The Bachelor, he's got this girlfriend, that girlfriend, depending on which girlfriend he had. He was in this mood. Oh, no, I think I'm in that mood. Oh, no, I think I'll play. No, I don't think I'm going to play. Diva. Diva is my word. And I'm going to make a prediction. Uh Uh-oh. Everybody here in Wisconsin. No, well, you know, I I listened very carefully to what you said. But (laughs) here's the thing, is he has been treated with kid gloves since he came to Green Bay, what, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, however long it was, and everybody, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers. Oh, it's so wonderful. I mean, everybody in the press corps has been so bending over backwards for Aaron just you wait. He's going to New York, and they don't play in New York. Let the Daily yeah. News and the New York Post get one of his little diva routines. They are going to rip him to shreds. If he thinks he's going to be treated the same way in New York as he was treated in Wisconsin, he's got a real eye-opening experience. Just wait and see. And you know that saying, Libby. I know you're familiar with it. You know, we are. Most people probably are. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. <laughs> that probably that probably applies here because you're probably right. And to be fair, the media is already going after it. Oh. <laughs> they already. Oh. I mean, the tabloids oh. and the papers. They're already going after him um, for you know not making a decision. Not you oh. know, and it's weird too because he enters. In the end, in the end of February, he enters the darkness retreat, and as he said, he was 90% retired. And then he comes out of the darkness retreat four days later, and he says he's checking his phone, and he goes, yeah, Packers are, are shopping you, according to him uh, saying that other players were telling him. And then he goes, well, now I'll play. You know, if you're the Green Bay Packers, what do you do? You know, and, and at some point, you're a business, you're an organization, and you have to do what's best for your entity, right? Like, you know – Aaron Rodgers was drafted 18 years ago. He was a starter for Green Bay for 15 seasons. And over those 15 seasons, you've had a lot of regular season success. You have one Super Bowl, and you have a lot of playoff heart uh, breaks. You know, I, Packer fans can, you know, every, every fan's got a different game that broke their heart in a different way. But, you know, as an organization, Brian Gutekind, uh, the general manager for the Green Bay Packers, Mark Murphy, the president, they got to make a decision. And if he's going into the darkness street, he's going into his offseason, and he's not sure he wants to play in 2023, and you have darkness Jordan Love. Sitting on the bench, you got to make a move. You got to, you got to, you got to put your foot forward and say, okay, well, if you're not sure, then we're sure that we're going to go with somebody else. And that's just what the, the Packers are doing. And it's, you know, it's, you know, everybody's saying, well, you can't do it to a four-time MVP. How do you do this to a Super Bowl MVP, a Super Bowl champion? He's forty years old. You know, it's, he's not. It's Brandon. not the same thirty years old. Brandon, Brandon, how can you say darkness retreat with a straight face? I, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I use that. I, I, I use, I use that term him. loosely. Um, over him, and, and, and keep this in mind. You know, everybody says he's going to the New York Jets. It's not really New York. It's New Jersey. And you think they're tough in New York? Just wait. New Jersey, I have two words for you. Tony Soprano. All right? That's that's New Jersey for you, so just keep that in mind. Hey, Brandon, we'll be listening to you tomorrow morning on Wisconsin Morning News. Thank you, Libby. Thanks for having me. Have a great Sunday, everybody. Brandon's side. Can't wait to hear him tomorrow morning. All right. Uh, let's see. Coming up, we are at 
942 already? Oh, boy. Well, before we get to uh, Dominic Catronio and sports, we're going to hear from State Senator Van Wangard. He's going to explain those two amendments that are on the ballot on April 4th. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Voters in Wisconsin are going to the polls on April 4th. And there's a constitutional amendment on the ballot that a lot of people are confused about. Joining us is State Senator Van Wangard to talk about the bail constitutional amendment. And let's explain, first of all, why is this amendment on the ballot? Well, okay, what happens is whenever we're going to make a constitutional change, it has to go through two separate legislatures. So you have to have a piece of legislation going through the Assembly and the Senate both. It has to be passed by both houses at two separate sessions. So you want to get it right. So you got to make sure that that happens. So once that happens, if it passes both houses affirmatively, then it gets put on the ballot. And then the voters decide whether or not they want to support that constitutional change. So we finished up the part where it has gone through both sides of the legislature. And you have to pass the exact same piece of legislation through both houses, both sessions. And of course, when we have a change in like the assembly had 30 new people come in this last session, it's getting everybody up to speed so that they understand what that legislation does and that change is going to mean. All right, what are the two questions that we're going to see on the ballot? The first question is about violent crimes and actually defining what crimes are specifically. So we have different definition for all different types of harm. And the second part of the question is about establishing and defining what uh, serious harm is. We've got half a dozen different references in the statutes about serious bodily harm, serious bodily injury, et cetera, et cetera. So when we're looking at this, there really wasn't a clear definition as to what serious harm actually is. So this will define that also. So that judges are going to be put on the spot that when they make a decision, they'll have to articulate in the record why they determined the bond should be where it's at and for what purpose. And also what the uh, background of the individual is, whether they have a prior criminal history that has to be considered. Those types of questions the judge will now be able to ask when setting that bail. You look at Daryl Brooks, that individual got out. I think if they would have considered his immediate prior history and his history before that, he probably would not have been out and able to operate the same vehicle that he allegedly ran over his girlfriend with. There's many instances where the judge is bound by, I can only set that bail to make sure that they show up in court. So bottom line, Senator, when we go to the polls on April 4th, what is your recommendation that people vote on this amendment? Well, I would hope that people realize the importance of having a fair judicial system. And I think that when we're doing bonds like this, we need to put it with the people we elect. And those are those elected judges. They're held accountable. Right now, they basically don't have to be accountable because there's no requirement. There's no definition specifically of what they're able to do with having those cash bonds placed. All right. So again, the amendment will be on the ballot on yes. April 4th. A lot of people don't look at those, but it's important this time around that you let your voice be heard. State Senator Van Wangard, it is always a pleasure to have you here. And I would support both questions because I think both of them need to pass in order for it to really be effective and for us to really have our voice heard. I totally agree. Vote April 4th. Very, very important. Thank you, Libby.